Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey, Majors, welcome back. This week, we're going to be looking at Santa Muerte, a folk saint that has gained almost deity status throughout Mexico, the United States, Guatemala, and Salvador. What's a folk saint? Basically, they are dead people or entities that people venerate as a saint. The figure hasn't officially been canonized and isn't recognized by the church. Before we dive into the episode though, I thought I would just do a shout out for those who have written reviews. I've not done it in a while and there's a little bit of a backlog. So, big thank you to Valerio Ocutzi, to Christian4448, Fengari.moon, to Kashafo, to Magician1. Thank you so much for your reviews. It really helps boost the algorithm and gets the majors well out there. Thank you so much. Now, back to Santa Muerte. Santa Muerte is death personified and symbolizes death's eventuality. Essentially, she is a feminine grim reaper. The first part of her name, Santa, translates to saint, the feminine version, or holy. And muerte means death. But this is only one of them. She holds many titles, many names, and many epithets. La Flaquita means the skinny one. Señora de las Sombras means Lady of the Shadows. La Husuda means Bony Lady. La Niña Bonita means the pretty girl. La Madrina means the godmother. And more reverently, La Santísima Muerte 
meaning the most holy death. Santa Muerte appears as a female skeletal figure, similar to the Grim Reaper, but wears a dress and a hood, depending on the colour of her clothes, depends on which aspect of her you wish to appeal to. Red is love, white is cleansing, and black is protection, or her darker side. These are the three traditional colours, but there are numerous colour correspondences today that increase as her following does. Her portfolio of powers is extensive, to say the least. She can be seen holding scales, which relates to the idea that she watches over justice. She can hold a skull, symbolising her Grim Reaper status. A globe symbolises her power around the world. She's also depicted with owls, a harbinger of death to the Aztecs, as well as a sign of witchcraft. But where does she originate from? Well, she could have many roots in many different deities, and it could also be a combination of a few of them, we're just not too sure. She may have grown from the European representation of the female Grim Reaper. Now, the original name for this female figure was La Parca. La Parca, as well as the Grim Reaper, sprung up in the medieval ages against the backdrop of a series of wars, plagues, and famines. Anxiety around death and morality was high. These events had a profound impact on medieval society. Artists in particular around the Black Plague radically transformed their work from scenes of joy and beauty to painting scenes of loss and utter destruction. I guess in personifying the occurrence of death, it somewhat demystified it and started a process of thinking about death in a new way and of understanding it. Confraternities, these are brotherhoods or sisterhoods, formed around the idea of death towards the end of the medieval period. Now, these organisations would fund hospitals, organise funerals and prayed for those who had died. They would have had a patron saint or have La Parca at the centre of their practice and would also host costume dramas around the concept of death. This was all exported into the New World, where the plays became popular and merged with local concepts and traditions around death that are still present today. A popular icon representing death emerged that showed a skeleton wearing a crown, sometimes seen as a queen. It wasn't long till these figures started to become worshipped, which was seen as idolatrous, one of my favourite words, and Inquisition started up. The first appearance of Santa Muerte that we have on record is from one of these inquisitors in a report dated 1797 that took place in San Luis de la Paz. It's in central Mexico, just north of Mexico City. Quote from the report, 30 or so Indians shut themselves up, 25 in their chapel, drank peyote, lit candles upside down, made little male dolls or figures, called munecos, Engraved on a piece of paper, danced and struck crucifixes with wax candles. They then tied a wet rope to the figure of holy death and threatened to whip and burn it if it did not make a miracle and grant them what they were asking for. So that's one account of her possible origins. She may have also come from Yoruba traditions brought to Mexico by enslaved peoples. There's a story how she presented herself to a bruja who lived in Veracruz. And I should say a bruja is kind of like a Latin American version of a witch, though 
It's highly nuanced. Now, the location of Veracruz is important, as this is an area that has the most Caribbean influence. There's also another story of how she was born as a fully grown woman to parents belonging to the Purépecha tribe in Mexico. Now, she was incredibly pale and beautiful, and would wander the countryside in black robes. Locals became suspicious that she was a witch and burned her. The flames engulfed her flesh, but much to the horror of the locals, her skeleton emerged unharmed. Santa Muerte was born. But some think she may have had roots within the Aztec pantheon, as the goddess of death, Mictica Sewatl, translating to the Lady of the Dead. She's basically the queen of Mictalan, the underworld, and within Aztec art, was depicted with flayed skin that exposed a gaping jawbone. There's much debate and discussion as to her origins, and we may never actually know. But this being said, let's look at this deity's timeline and see what we have on record. So, the Spanish brutally colonized the Aztecs in 1519, and Catholic missionaries attempt to stamp out a lot of indigenous practices and culture. By 1797, we have a mention of Santa Muerte, perhaps a colonized name for Mictica Sewotl, perhaps not. And it's in that report that I read out earlier of a ritual in a church in her name and people using peyote to connect to her. The Catholic Church isn't happy and stamps her out. She then goes underground until she reappears in the 1940s when Mexican and North American anthropologists log her as a folk saint. They reported that a red candle lit in her name will aid women and girls who felt betrayed by men. Fast forward to one of her next public appearances in 2001 when a lady called Enriqueta Romero Romero established the first public shrine to Santa Muerte in Tepito, a neighborhood in Mexico City. On All Saints Day, she rolled out a skeleton dressed in a wedding gown enclosed in a glass case in front of a house into her permanent shrine, where she sits today. Prior to this, locals had been privately placing votives and offerings to the goddess in Enriqueta's kitchen, and there was no space to cook. Now out in the open, by 2013, her cult starts to grow, and a church pops up dedicated to Santa Muerte. And it is recognized by the Mexican government, but in 2005, they quickly reverse this and strip the church of its recognition. Her worship has rocketed since the 2000s, and spread from Mexico into the US and deeper into Central America. She's one of the fastest growing religious movements in the Americas, as well as the West. It's thought she has around 10 to 12 million followers, and prior to her stepping into the limelight, worship of her was held by those who had dangerous professions at night within Mexico. Sex workers, thieves, bartenders, and taxi drivers were amongst her devotees. Today, She's particularly popular with migrants, the poor, and the marginalized, as they seek her favor for protection and justice, as they are more unlikely to have their rights upheld. She's also honored in prisons, particularly in the US, and is a patron saint of the Mexican penal system. If it's one thing to note about Santa Muerte, it's that she doesn't judge, which can be quite refreshing depending on your religious upbringing. Not only does this mean she's not judging those who approach her, but she's also not judging the requests made of her 
she can grant anything. And a worship of her is heavily opposed by the Catholic Church. The Vatican has openly spoken out against her and call her existence blasphemy as it goes against Catholic teachings. Yet, they fail to realize that a lot of worshippers consist of the LGBTQ plus community, many of which the Catholic Church has condemned for their alternative sexual and gender expressions. They haven't felt able to connect to the spirituality that they've grown up with, so it's understandable that they've sought a connection to the divine and spiritual within deities that aren't recognized by the church. Many of her devotees still identify as Catholic and worship her as a saint, which has led to strong statements from the church that she isn't a recognized saint, and that worship of her is, quote, from Cardinal Gianfranco da Vazzi, a degeneration of religion. Journalist and author Gustavo Aralano has called the church out, suggesting that Latin American Catholicism has been able to syncretize with indigenous beliefs and spiritual needs in the past. Why can't they with Santa Muerte? There's some who suggest that her popularity threatens the Catholic Church's hegemony throughout Latin America, which has been in steady decline for a number of years. But the church isn't the only one who oppose her worship. Several Mexican and American government departments do as well, particularly the Mexican military and the FBI. Both countries have described her worship as a national threat, though there's no solid reasons why, only other than the fact that she's sometimes worshipped by drug traffickers. The one policeman who was interviewed said the fact that drug dealers worship her for protection is problematic. He thought it made them more dangerous and unpredictable if they believed they were under supernatural protection. The Mexican army was actually brought in to destroy her shrines along the Mexican-US border. Some theorize that it's far more political than that. She attracts the marginalized and the disenfranchised. As political and socio-economic disparity grows, so do the number of her worshippers. This kind of unity of those who are dissatisfied with the system of governance sets Santa Muerte up as a symbol of defiance, and potentially she could ignite a powder keg. She poses a threat to the current social fabric that benefits those currently in power. The rise of Santa Muerte's popularity is also helping women throughout Mexico. Devotion to this deity allows women to step into a role where they can lead. Contrast this with Catholicism and Protestantism. Tending to the Santa Muerte shrines and leading worship, women can supplement their income and even leave their jobs due to donations, sponsorships, and as well as selling ritualistic paraphernalia. Monthly rosaries also allow women to come together in a group setting, in a support group like manor, giving advice and supporting and empowering one another. Santa Muerte harkens back to a pre-Hispanic past and guides Mexican indigenous women in a post-colonial world. News coverage on her is particularly sensationalized, especially throughout the states, emphasizing and somewhat exaggerating her connections to drug trafficking, kidnapping, and human sacrifice, leading some to call her a narco-saint. Her ability over life and death makes her an ideal candidate to work with around spaces and concepts linked to violence, 
not only for perpetrators, but also those who need protection from violence. In regards to the news coverage, there's one that stands out. Now, three years before Enriqueta Romano Romano rolled out her Santa Muerte statue in front of a house, an infamous kidnapper entered the headlines called El Moca Oreja, the ear clipper, due to the fact he sends the ears of his victims to their families. He managed to kidnap over 20 people and extort over $40 million in ransom. It was all over the news that he worshipped the then unfamiliar Santa Muerte. When the Mexican police discovered an altar dedicated to her, they let him take the statue of her to prison so he could continue his worship. Nine years before this, we see an appearance in another headline from a high-profile crime when a ranch in Mexico contained bodies where cult practices had taken place, and among the ritual items discovered, a Santa Muerte statue was also on the site. Another aspect that the newspapers like to highlight is the fact that illegal immigrants trying to cross the border to get into America will petition and pay homage to her as they make their journey. A popular prayer for protection for the journey goes as follows. Most Holy Spirit of Death, I invoke your holy name to ask that you help me in this endeavour. Lead me over mountains, valleys and paths. Don't stop showering me with your good fortune. Make sure that my destination is freed of all evil purposes. Santa Muerte, through your powerful protection, prevent problems from materialising and weighing heavily on my heart. My lady, prevent sickness from touching me, and keep away tragedy, pain and want. I light this candle so that the gleam of your eyes forms an invisible shield around me. Grant me prudence, patience and holy queen of darkness. Grant me strength, power and wisdom. Tell the elements not to unleash their fury wherever I go. Make sure I have a happy return trip, because I'm ready to adorn and decorate your home at my holy altar. This is to be said the night before the journey, and alongside lighting a golden votive candle. Louis-Anne Lauren Zen is a professor in theology and religious studies in San Francisco. Quote, Santa Muerte is the perfect saint for boundary crosses. She dissolves the boundaries between life and death. She and her followers face strong borders, whether physical walls dividing nation-states, boundaries of genders, sexualities, or divisions of class, wealth, legal status, race, and power. But how else do people work with her? Well, first of all, let me say, there are some who suggest that as death is such a universal concept, anyone can work with her. Personally, I don't view it that way. She is deeply embedded within Mexican culture and everyday life. She's become a champion of the marginalized. Illegal immigrants have called on her to safely guide them through the Mexican-US border so they can start a new life. People have prayed to her for protection against drug traffickers and corrupt police officers. Trans people have asked for her protection. People in extreme poverty have asked for her help. I have no comprehension of these things, and personally, being a white cis guy in London, petitioning her for issues in my life, I wouldn't feel right approaching her. Please think of the cultural implications of working with her. Those who still identify as Catholic report that Santa Muerte is the highest ranking saint, answering only to God, 
One woman, when questioned about this, said, quote, I believe in God, but in her, I trust. Now, because of her position, she's very powerful and acts very quickly. Famously so, there's hundreds of accounts testifying to the speed she delivers results, when other popular saints of Mexico have failed to deliver. So when petitioning her, there has to be a vow or a promise in order for her to fulfill the request. If your end of the bargain isn't upheld, retribution is swift and weighty. Prayers and rituals around her still contain a formula or element that is largely Catholic in origin, and there's no real set dogma around her. It is a highly individualized process on how to honor and work with her. Offerings to her consist of tobacco, she likes the smoke blown over her, coins, dirt, homemade food, marigolds and white roses, hard liquor like tequila, sweets, particularly sugar skulls and chocolate. Apples are said to be a favorite as well as water. She is consistently thirsty. And actually the word skeleton comes from the ancient Greek skelein, meaning dried up or parched. This being said, however, she's not a fan of soft drinks, so bear that in mind. These offerings can be left on your altar, at a crossroads, or in a graveyard. You can work with the deity through Catholic prayers. One worshipper reported saying that she uses the Virgin Mary prayers and replaces Mary's name with Santa Muerte. You could also burn copal and rosemary throughout your workings. One thing to note about this entity is the fact that she doesn't like sharing her altar with any of the deities or spirits. There are some exceptions where she'll pair with some Catholic saints, but anyone else and she won't be pleased. This is thought to be due to the fact that death is so powerful and all-encompassing. To place a figure who is not on her level is a sign of disrespect and doesn't acknowledge her power or abilities. There's some who insist that this isn't the case, but I'd play it safe. Another warning is not to use those titles I listed at the beginning. Only use these once you have a deeper connection to her. Also, some practice the idea of humiliating her. If she doesn't deliver a request, you can refuse offerings and turn her to face a wall. It's quite an odd old custom that originates from the veneration of Catholic saints. You may remember in the Inquisition report, quote, Then they tied a wet rope to the figure of holy death and threatened to whip and burn it if it did not make a miracle and grant them what they were asking for. They're essentially punishing her and forcing her hand to act. It's certainly a bold move and there's accounts that testify its usefulness, but again, I'd proceed with caution. Some within their practice actually treat the statue of Santa Muerte as if it's actually alive. They'll smear tequila or chocolate on her lips. They'll hold a lit cigarette up to her mouth and generally have conversations with her. Votive candles are a big way to work with her. You pick the color you need, i.e. gold for money, and burn it with her image placed under the candle. Alternatively, you can get candles dedicated specifically to her. You could also place her on your altar dedicated to your ancestors. I came across a prayer from Tracy Rowland, which you could use as a daily novena, which is a nine-day recital of prayers. Nina Blanca, my most holy mother of death, powerful white lady, look at me with mercy and compassion as I call upon your power now. 
Nina Blanca, gather me close with your powerful right hand, and push away my enemies with your powerful left hand. Cover me in your mantle of protection, as a shield against all dangers, and with your bright shining heart, light my path to knowledge, wisdom, and power. Nina Blanca, my most loving and powerful protector, please guard me and guide me now. Amen. Now with her link to money, you can work with her to eliminate your debts. You'll need a gold candle, something that you can use to carve the candle, and invoices you owe. Burn copal, rosemary, and cinnamon while carving the debt you owe into the candle and transfer all the feelings you have around these debts into it. Place your candle on top of the invoices and light it, and let it completely burn. Feel relief as it gets smaller, then place your offering to Santa Muerte on your altar and thank her. It is in her black form and with black candles that she's often used in conjunction with witchcraft. Burn a black candle in her name to awaken her necromatic side and ask her to guide a spirit to you that you wish to communicate with. Combine this with some of my tips in my necromancy episode to layer up this ritual. I also found a cleansing ritual from the Santa Muerte Bible. You need Santa Muerte oil. I'd combine copal, tobacco, and rose in a base of avocado. Let it steep and strain. You'll need some road opener oil, a square mirror, a Santa Muerte prayer card, a brick of charcoal, and some glue. You want to glue the prayer card to the mirror, light your charcoal, and put a few drops of the Santa Muerte oil and the road opener oil onto it. With the smoke of this, you want to put the mirror through the smoke and say, O most holy death, I call on you. I implore you that with your power, you remove. Give the name of the person who's causing problems. May envy and bad luck be sent away, and may all the witchcraft and works of Santeria, Voodoo, Paolo Meombe, Black Magic, and any evil against me be reflected by this mirror. Thank you, my lady. You then can hang this mirror up, by your front door to reflect evil intent. It's a very powerful ritual. Santa Muerte is a controversial figure that flies in the face of organized religion and powerful governments. There's something admirable and endearing that despite government crackdowns and condemnation from the Catholic Church, her power and influence is still growing. Ironically, she's sounding the death knell for the operation of Catholicism within Central. America. And Majors, that's it. That is a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path and to talk about interesting parts of history relating to spirituality. I also want to connect you with information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me? With your support, I can dedicate more time to the mage as well. You can financially support me through Patreon, where you'll gain access to more content and connect with the mage as well community. The link for this is in the episode description. If you're not keen on pledging money for whatever reason, but you still want to support, you can follow my Instagram at the mage as well. You could tell your friends and family about the show. You could post about the podcast. And most importantly, you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is really important. It really helps because it boosts the algorithm over on Apple Podcasts and it draws in new listeners and helps get the podcast out there. 
please help me out. This is an independent podcast. It's just me researching, producing, and editing. Anything you can do will help. If you own a business and would like to advertise on the show, please get in touch. The show's email is themajorswell at gmail.com. Special thanks to Coral St. Clair for the podcast artwork. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.